Welcome to Are We There Yet? An exploration in education in anime. I'm your anime idiot, Patrick Dugan. I'm an anime expert and birthday person, D. Hollander. Ooh, and I'm Brenna McCullough, your anime holographic Tupac. Perfect. Uh, I'm sensing a theme. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) From that? (laughs) Yeah, it's also Tupac's birthday, right? Oh, (gasps) is it? How can this be? (laughs) So we bring him back? (laughs) We got a, a fun... Little diversion from the usual <laughs> format to celebrate Dee's birthday. We sure do. I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> As I said I last be more terrified. time. Good. <laughs> As I said last time, the only uncharted territory I really have left from my youth as an anime fan is Vocaloid. So I have taken the time to put together somewhat of a Vocaloid presentation for these guys. <laughs> oh boy. A, a new format uh, we, where we'll see if it comes back <laughs> after this, <laughs> if it doesn't scare us away. Uh, but uh, this, this will be a webinar segment uh, as we learn more of surrounding anime things. Yeah, I mean, the show is called Are Weeb There Yet?, so it's like, you know, this is weeby, weeb adjacent. It's it's yeah. definitely c- touching on anime. Like, it's definitely anime characters and stuff. So it's g- good enough. It doesn't have to be a full anime series. But mm-hmm. boy, howdy. I, I, everyone knows Miku. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to ask if either of you know anything about Vocaloid. <laughs> I know Miku. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's where my knowledge stops. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the concept of Vocaloid. I I get it. I've been around anime long enough to uh, realize this. Uh, we see a lot of shows where it's like, ah, oh, yes, the digital music agency. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Carolyn Tuesday, you're fighting against AI <laughs> musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but not really any concept of listening to it uh, through personal preference (laughs) sure thing i understand i honestly i haven't like really listened to vocaloid stuff like since i was in middle school when i go back and listen to it i'm like fuck yeah this is it so uh i'm really excited stop it what the fuck is this brendan (laughs) Listen, I know me. The notification. I didn't want it. Okay, it's the intersection. (laughs) I will not be surprised if this if the webinar goes well. Mm -hmm. The problem is that it will give Brandon the opportunity. Yeah. To then just talk about Digimon for his birthdays. (laughs) Shit. Sorry. uh, We're scrapping this episode. We're starting fresh. No. 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 About that uh, most recent Yu-Gi-Oh series, right? Oh, I know Yu-Gi-Oh. You want to get into Yu-Gi-Oh? I can get the Yu-Gi-Oh too. Oh no, that's worse. Okay, <laughs> Open this Pandora's box. <laughs> but but yeah, way. so uh, this is definitely something I'm very interested to get into because in my everyday non-anime life, uh, music plays a big part. So it mm-hmm. is nice to check in and get uh, this like common ground here. So. Uh, yeah, uh, real quick, let's check in. Uh, with 
Vocaloid being a very middle schooly thing for D. Uh, uh, Brendan, where were you at with music at this time? Because this is oh, yeah. my Good. prime, like, grunge and getting into punk era. So uh, this uh, eighth grade is where I sort of got that, like, adult consciousness, if that mm. makes sense. Like, the timeline for my brain started getting linear at about 13. So I was like, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm an adult now. Oh. I, I I think things and they matter. I am no longer a child. I'll let you uh, know so when this, I get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is where I was like, oh yes, I don't need to just listen to the music my parents listen to. I can find my own things. Mm. I don't. I don't like Tell what us. I've done. <laughs> I am. I don't know if there's a specific term for it, but I would consider myself musically illiterate. I have mm. bad taste in music, and I'm aware of it. <laughs> um, that is fine. <laughs> my Same. first CD I ever bought was the Bare Naked Ladies album. Uh, <laughs> my first it's concert been... was Weird Al. Um, hey, I've I mean, been to a Weird Al concert. It's great. They're fantastic. And yeah. Full circle, uh, my uh, first album, I was uh, Weird Al. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Um, but you know how, like, you progress beyond that and develop your own sense of musical taste afterwards? Mm. Not me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I hung out with a lot of, like, metalheads, but I was the nerd in the metalhead group. So I I listened to a lot of Sticks, a lot of The Offspring, mm. um, got some Simon and Garfunkel. My dad burnt the songs from Nightmare Before Christmas, and I had them on a CD in middle school. I love like Nightmare Before Christmas parents and their children. Yeah. I think that is a fascinating sub subculture. <laughs> it's like, oh, this deeply traumatized me as a child and now we're bonding over it. Oh, you got over the trauma? No, but we're bonding over it. Currently it, working through it. Working through it. Went to a Hot Topic a lot with my dad. That was a weird experience in hindsight. Mm. Um, yeah, music. I, I have no inputs on music. I have no... No one respects my opinions on music, and they should not. <laughs> I'm aware <laughs> of how I listen to what I listen to. I don't bother people with it. So I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't tell you beyond like Nightmare for Christmas, Bird CD, Simon and Garfunkel, and The Offspring. Like, it's a Love weird it. mashup. I can't defend it. <laughs> it's fine. No one, I mean, no one should have to defend their middle school tastes. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I also was in that boat of like all of my friends were like the jazz musicians, so they liked capital M music. <laughs> when I uh, tried to get into their stuff, uh, they were like, "No, you don't like this." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't like this." <laughs> You're so, right. <laughs> then I started liking my own stuff, and they were like, "Hey, we don't like this." I was like, oh. I guess I'll never win with my friend group. I guess I'll just listen to whatever. <laughs> and that's how I started listening to punk. And no one else did. So mm. we, It's very similar to me. Except I had an older brother who I hated everything he liked. So I pretended to not like punk. But I did. In mm, hindsight. Gotcha. The allure. Yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, I guess the Ramones are good. Yeah, dead candy. God damn it. It's all good. Okay, fine. <laughs> But yeah, D, besides Vocaloid, what other stuff were you listening to if it helps paint uh, the canvas of where you were at musically in middle school? <laughs> well, so 
Uh, middle school was when I was really in my weeb prime. So I, I listened to Vocaloid, like, religiously. And then my other group of friends who weren't weebs were going through their emo phase. <laughs> so I did, in fact, listen to My Chemical Romance also. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was middle I had school. both. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think the stage is set. Shall we, shall we throw away to our listening party? Yes, I'm so excited. I'll post a list of all the songs on Twitter, so... If anybody wants it, it'll be there. Listen along. Follow along. (laughs) All right, who was going to tell me that Miku fucks? I mean, the whole internet was holding out on me. Do you mean Listen. like literally? Because we do I have got... a song a section of songs called "Bangin'." Bangin' song. Literally. Uh, yeah. So uh, we, g- of course, we had to touch on some Hatsune Miku. So, of course. Uh, of course. We got a little sampling that I didn't really have before. Uh, but yeah, I didn't realize Miku fucks. Miku fucks. <laughs> Canonically. Canonically. I, I just kind of assumed it was like Barbie where there's like Miku and then Miku has like a younger sister and then also a daughter and then maybe another daughter. Maybe that's the sister's daughter. I'm not sure how Barbie works, but I assume <laughs> Miku was similar where there was just a lot of idols, vocaloids. Yeah. I don't yeah. know the exact yeah. term. Yeah, Barbie was the frame of reference I did have because I was like, okay, I'm aware of like uh, Japanese idols being like, oh no, I'll, I'll never have sex until I'm married because I'm saving it for you, listener. Uh, and I was like, okay, so yeah, that that's f- obviously a robot is not going to be fucking people, right? Well, but no, this, this robot's well, fucking people. Surprise. <laughs> what a delightful surprise. Ugh. I also know there's like the AI home assistant stuff, like everyone's a lot of people have but I like the alexas the the, mm-hmm. the series and all that i know there's a like hologram based one it's basically the same thing but in japan it's just like a tube and mm-hmm. in the tube is like a little hologram at least the commercial oh, i saw no. for it was miku so it's like oh, that way gee. you could have your own virtual girlfriend at home waiting for you and like you hook it up to your phone and they would send you text messages and stuff like through your phone i was like this is this is I crossing talk a line. To Miku. <laughs> this is a weird. I've seen Blade Runner too many times. <laughs> yeah, that's getting into some weird territory. Yeah, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's yes. yeah. let's let's pull start back in the weird territory. Okay, let's go back to <laughs> two thousand and eight. Yes, so. Uh. Uh, we're gonna start off with a section. What is Vocaloid? I'm gonna tell you. So. Vocaloid is a singing voice synthesizer software produced by Yamaha, and the first software was actually released in 2004. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so there are various voice banks or singers that people can buy, and they're, at least the Japanese ones, are based off of real Japanese voice actors. So... It's got, at this point, I mean, I don't listen to new Vocaloid music, really. I would like to, but I just don't know how to keep up with it. Seems <laughs> but, like a lot. Yeah, and I mean, it is 
when I was in middle school, it was, and it must be even bigger now, it's a huge community of producers, artists, cosplayers, singers, and dancers. Like, it's gotta be endless at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was a platform, a Japanese platform called Nico Nico Doga, which was a place for Japanese singers to cover the songs and for dancers to post their choreography. Um, I on my YouTube channel, used to have just a whole playlist of covers because the covers would be top-notch. They were so good a lot of the time. Um, And I also tried to learn the dances, so... (laughs) Yeah. Can I dance? Uh, No. Time's a flat circle. It's (laughs) proto-TikTok. Exactly. Don't let TikTok find the Vocaloid dance covers. Um, And there was also a pretty big dubbing community on YouTube where they would take the translations and make them singable. Um, I'm not really sure what it's like anymore, but I actually used to talk to like some of the big shots. I was, I was very cool on YouTube in middle school. (laughs) No, I was not. But I used to like, I had like, um, when YouTube had messaging, I had like a long message thread with this one artist named Rock Leadist, who was this really nice woman and then i used to talk on skype with this other girl i forget her name now but yeah so it was a weird time for me but very (laughs) formative (laughs) yeah finding community finding friends yeah and i i did want to mention your guys's experience with vocaloid is probably when griffin mcelroy used it in the crystal crystal kingdom arc of the adventure zone i'll be real i listen to the adventure zone i remember zero of it great <laughs> i blacked out enough for something and that something griffin triggered something in my, my sleeper cell activated and i just don't remember like 2015 <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly if uh i i don't know if it can be considered or if it's just like autotune or whatever the actual classification is but probably my first exposure to Vocaloid music is Portal uh, and <laughs> Jonathan Colton. Oh, that caught me off guard. <laughs> I mean, like, for real. I was You're not Jonathan wrong. I was a Colton fan, and those songs slap still, objectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I was not ready for you to say, GLaDOS is my favorite Vocaloid. <laughs> Not my favorite, but the first exposure. Really. <laughs> oh, yes, robot singing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is a little different because I don't know if the voice actress does the singing, but I think someone does sing it and then they affect it to make it sound like a robot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, that's a gateway to singing <laughs> software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know for me early on, I was always confused by what vocaloids were. I thought I thought they were just a person with like a virtual identity. I didn't realize mm. it was a fully automated system. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah, it's software producers and songwriters can buy to make the vo- vocal bank sing. So mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So let's get into the the characters, the personalities. So first off, we've got her, Hatsune Miku. She's here. Welcome, you know Miku. Her. I love, I love you. Her. <laughs> the one, the only, the one, the only that I know. <laughs> it's all we got. Yeah, so we're going to get to know her a little better. So she is a 16-year-old virtual idol. Uh, her initial release was in August 2007, and she's had various iterations as Vocaloid software has advanced. 
She had an upgraded version come out in 2010 that came with the tones sweet, dark, soft, light, vivid, and solid. So it was just like different ways to make her sound. And it sounded a little more realistic. Um, Wait, on the same yeah. age as Miku? That feels wrong. Is she? Are you? You were 16 in 2007? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Oh, dang. That feels weird. <laughs> Miku's 30 now, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't out me like this. Ah, sorry. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Um, and, like, so she's marketed as a teen idol, but her personality was kept vague by the creators, so producers and songwriters could make a personality through their music. So, yeah, you look at Miku and you're uh, like, oh, she's a teen idol. She probably has that personality. But then creators were like, no, let's make her fuck. <laughs> let's make her fucking murder. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it gets there eventually, right? You look at a cute character and you're like, hmm. If you're yeah, a change it up somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there's been, like, Miku albums released and they do concerts now with like all of the Vocaloids and it's just watching holograms dance around on stage. What um, a time to be alive. Yeah, there's I think they call it Miku Expo. I'm not sure if that's the tour or if it's like an actual event thing, but that's what it's called. Um, and then the song I recommended for you guys that's very on brand for her is a song from 2008 called Strobe Night. <laughs> It's very, like, spacey and cute and high energy. And, like, looking at the lyrics, I realized that a lot of her songs are about, like, being alone and misunderstood. Like, I'm just a little robot and no one understands, but they all love me. <laughs> and that's I mean, kind I'm of what this one's yeah. about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Check that. <laughs> People I, like I too, it. have problems relating to holograms. <laughs> So yes, that's Miku. Moving on, we've got Rin and Len Kagamine. So Rin and Len are twins that are younger than Miku. There wasn't an official age listed on their Wikipedia, but I think they're supposed to be like 13 or 14. Um, their names are a play on right and left, and their last name comes from the Japanese words for mirror, which is Kagami, and sound, which is ne, so Kagamine. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. They were right released on the shortly... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So right on the nose. Oh. <laughs> yep. Um, so they were released shortly after Miku in December of 2007. Um, and when they were released, producers kind of had mixed reviews for them because their vocals were harder to use. Um, and I would say that probably they have the most mixed reviews from fans, too. People tend to like not like Rin very much. Len has actually always been my favorite, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, I will say, like, listening through all these songs, I also, uh, for extra credit, did some listening just to, like, a recent Vocaloid Banger playlist just to be like, <laughs> hey, what's out there? Uh, and, yeah, the vocal quality of these sounds was much harsher, even yeah. compared to, like, Miku at the time. It's like, okay, this is clearly not as sophisticated software as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's just how I was hearing it. Like I said, my ears are garbage, factually. <laughs> so I, I'm not a one to, uh, I'm not a professional to dictate how the quality of audio. Um, but with Lin, uh, I noticed it seemed like his like lyrics were like 
choppier. Like, it seemed like they mm. cut short more. Where, like, yeah, even when Dugan said, like, even Miku a few years earlier, her songs, like, kind of seemed to flow better. Same with, like, mm-hmm. Rin. But, like, Lin seemed to, like... And it seems like with all of his songs that I heard, it seemed... Or that might just be, like, I don't know, some bias I developed it without realizing it. <laughs> but, like, his seemed to cut off more, and it reminded me a lot of Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> where it was just like cut up and people making songs with different like words, like a audio like hostage note. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it is just a result of their program being a little more difficult. But um, they did get upgraded voice banks um, over time. Rin's expansion came with the tones "Power," "Warm," and "Sweet," and Lens came with "Power," "Cold," and "Serious." Um, and even though, like, the characters are twins, I guess that's not necessarily canon. And they're depicted as, like, lovers sometimes in their songs, which yeah. is not my favorite. Pick one and stick with it, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the song that I recommended is one of those songs. It's called Suki Kidai, which means love, hate. And I think it's really cute, but it is, like, they're twins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I got confused for a while. <laughs> Fair. Is a trope we see a lot, though, with twins in anime, unfortunately. It does fit the technically not incest bingo. I, I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, this song is like... It's just, like, cute. Like, it's just about, like, innocent crushes. A lot of Rin's songs are. Um, and this one's just very, like, classic anime rom-com plot where it's just like, I don't know if I like you. And he's like, oh, but I'm so confident. You have to like me. And then they like each other in the end. Um, moving on to Kaito. So Kaito is actually the first Japanese Vocaloid. Um, what? He uh, was released before Miku. Uh, There's Uh no official age for him listed on the wiki either, but I think he's supposed to be, like, in his early 20s. Um, And he got his name because Yamaha thought it would be easy for non-Japanese speakers to pronounce. And they also liked the way his name looked with Mako, the other Vocaloid. I think she was released before him, but they're kind of, like, they go together. Um, So he was released in February of 2006, and he was a flop. (laughs) <laughs> because the people who were interested in Vocaloids were mostly men. So, uh, yes, he did not do very well, he but once Miku took time. off... <laughs> <laughs> once Miku took off, his sales got better. So, um, he also got an upgrade. His came out in 2013 with the tones Straight, Soft, Whisper, and English. So... Ugh, yuck, straight? No, thank you. <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, they wanted no, to no, be I sure. wasn't popular. um and yeah he's often paired with miku in like songs and fan art um and then for his song i he doesn't him and mako don't have a lot of super popular songs so the one that i put on the list is cantarella uh which is it's funny brendan you're like oh are there any creepy sexy songs this one's creepy (laughs) and but like not in the way that the actual creepy songs are because this is just kaito being nasty to miku This one kind of had weird clown bloodborne energy to like watching a video (laughs) with it too. I was like, 
what's happening here? What's what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's very like Phantom of the Opera esque, where mm-hmm. they like knew each other when they were young, but he's older than her, and now she's older, and he's like, oh, now I want to bang. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that a common theme for a lot of the songs you picked are, like, a lot of these have, like, fairy tale or sort of, like, romantic castle settings and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, stuff like that. It's like, hey, sci-fi's right there. You're a robot. (laughs) But you're really committing to fantasy? All right, I'm not complaining. It's it's just like, hey, the the closer choice is right. No? All right. Okay. (laughs) Go with your second thought. All right. I mean, it's fun. Like, it's also like this era, like, because these are most, all, most of the songs are from 2008, 2009. And mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know what Vocaloid is like now. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, it could is... just be what people were into. Yeah. This is like a Black Butler era. <laughs> so, yeah, baby. I don't want to say, but I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next is Mako. So Mako was released before Kaito in November of 2004. She, oh, I'm sorry. She was actually the first Vocaloid to sing in Japanese. So oh, okay. she was the fourth one released. Um, and she's also received an upgrade with the tones Power Straight, Dark, and Whisper. Again, straight. <laughs> um, based on the content of the song to. <laughs> um, so Mako was generally well received when she came out, but at this point, she's like the least popular of the original crew. Um, I think this is because of the introduction of Luca Megarine, who we'll talk about in a minute, who has like a similar sound to Mako, where it's supposed to be like a more mature woman. Um, And I was like, maybe her, because Mako is also like Kaito portrayed as a woman like in her 20s. So I was like, maybe that has something to do with her popularity. But that's kind of how Luca is portrayed as well. So I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you have the right formula, but it just doesn't come out the way you want it to. Yeah. Um, And then the song I recommended is Evil Food Eater Conchita, which is not a song that I've actually, like, it wasn't, like, one of my favorites or anything. I knew about it, but people really like it. It's just about her being a cannibal. Yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I was, I was listening to it for this, and I was like, at the end, she eats herself, and I was like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sick. We've all been yeah. in that mood. I noticed People with these... like spooky. Uh, like, like Miko Ouroboros, am I right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Boo! I like that one. <laughs> uh, I think it was the first one I noticed where I'm like, oh, all the other Vocaloids are in this as well. As like, the twins are like a butler and a maid... Uh, yeah, Kaito was like the chef or something. I was like, oh, is it like reoccurring cast? Like, is this like group of the vocaloids and they all use each other as like d- different characters in their songs and stuff? Or I guess when yeah, they do I th- team ups, it's easier that way. Yeah, and like art and stuff. When people make music videos, they tend to do that. They make they make the cast the other vocaloids because it just kind of makes sense because they're all in the same universe. So yeah, yeah, just mm. plop them in there. Um, and then the last of the vocaloids I'm going to talk about, like I said before, is Luca Megarine. Um, I was going to leave her out, but then over the course of choosing the songs, I was like, oh, no, I should talk about her. Um, so she was released in January of 2009. She was the first vocaloid to be designed to sing in Japanese and English, like, from the get. 
Oh. Um, yeah. So her uh, upgrade came with the tones hard, soft, hard EVEC and soft EVEC. And that stands for enhanced voice expression control. And it was made to allow for like delicate adjustments. Um, And even though she was programmed to sing in English, her marketing was actually aimed toward Japanese producers. Um, And I believe this is the Vocaloid that Griffin used in the Crystal Kingdom. Uh Um, Yeah. And then her song that I recommended is Just Be Friends from 2009. And I honestly love this song. It's still a bop. (laughs) I like it a lot. It's just like a classic breakup song of like couple meets young, marries young, and then they fall out of love. And it's like sad, but the beat, it's, yeah. it's a bop. <laughs> it kind of like clubby compared to the other songs we've listened to. Like this, I could easily hear in a club, like in a club or something. I was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, it slaps. Yeah. There's also a response song called Answer. And I used to really love that song too. <laughs> But that's so that's all the vocaloids I'm going to talk about. So now we're going to get into like some songs with stories. Love a theme. Yeah. Okay, so the first section I made is creepy songs because for whatever reason, people really like making creepy songs with vocaloids. There's quite the market for it. I feel like it it in particular works well because it Vocaloid inherently has that sort of like uncanny valley of like, mm. yeah, it's it's vocals, but my brain is like, no, that's not a person, no. <laughs> yeah. So going into like the creepy supernatural element with that in mind is like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that, but I also like agree to your point uh, earlier of like, <laughs> at least these, once again, probably just of the air and, you know, thematically, it was like all fantasy stuff and not like... I, I would immediately assume, like, the creepy idea with vocaloids would be, like, where's the line between consciousness of, like, AI and, you know, self-created stuff, but mm-hmm. instead they want more, like, fantasy stuff, which, you know, once again, not bad, but it's just like, oh, that's not where I thought it was going. Yeah. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Fair. Well, you can ask some, like, real existential questions of, like, am I real? Yeah. <laughs> you can't have that anymore, but you're like, no, let's talk about, like, clowns and murder and shit. Hell I mean, then yeah. again, play La Magica. Like. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of murder. Yeah. Um, so, the first song that we have is Alice Human Sacrifice by The Fab Five, which <laughs> uh, is Miku, Rinlen, Kaito, and Mako. Um, the one I recommended is a cover, because this is the one that I listened to in middle school, and I actually really like it. I think the singers do a really good job. Um so yes, this one obviously is a play on Alice in Wonderland with different iterations of Alice. Um, so I wanted to know if you guys could kind of follow a story, if you guys like got what was going on. This one's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, we've done enough anime. You know I can't follow a story. <laughs> you know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, but so first we get Mako. She's a warrior. Um... And she goes on a rampage of some kind, which leads her into the forest, uh, and she gets lost. And at the end of this verse, I thought she died, 
but later on maybe she didn't so she could have just gotten lost for a really long time Um, yeah it seemed like she got locked up and then they couldn't find her or just forgot about her something disappeared yeah people don't care about mako she's what left floating she was my favorite i get that for you (laughs) i like a cannibal i like a cannibal lady what can i say (laughs) um and then we get kaito and he was a boy with a beautiful voice and people loved listening to him sing and then one day a crazy man assassinated him so his is like cut and dry like he's gone rip to the pretty blue boy uh then we get miku she's just a beautiful young lady and everyone loved her and they made her the queen of wonderland uh and then she goes crazy and doesn't want to die so i think hers doesn't end with her dying but it ends with her kind of going crazy just like being like i want to be beautiful forever and yeah so spooky right (laughs) beauty (laughs) seems the most reasonable yeah, I don't want to die. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, and then we get Rin and Len, and they're just some kids who go to have a tea party in the woods, and then they find an invitation to the palace. And they're like, they're most like regular Alice and Alice in Wonderland stories where they're just kind of wandering around and getting lost. So they wander further into the woods and get lost. And this is where you're like, didn't Mako die? Because Mako finds them and kills them. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's the end of that one. Much death. Very spook. (laughs) Happy Halloween. It's October now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Only someone twisted in 2008 would be watching this. Uh, Yeah. This one's very, like, edgy. (laughs) These are all edgy. (laughs) But art was all really sketchy. Like, it was drawn with that. You know, a pencil in the middle in study hall in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, all of the animation in this uh, whole series has a very back-of-the-binder feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so next up, we have Rotten Girl Grotesque Romance, uh, which is a Hatsune Miku song from 2009. Um, this is... You remember Yuno Gasai from Future Diary? <laughs> This is her. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is her theme song, classic yandere scenario. Um, Miku is in this, so the lyrics aren't so like straightforward. Like it's just Miku saying creepy things. But this music video we watched kind of gives it a little more of like a straightforward story. Um, so in this particular music video. She's, like, watching her neighbor across the way. She finds out that he has a girlfriend. Uh-oh. <gasps> so she's ready to murder. She leaves him a little present. They, like, walk past each other in a dramatic moment. Oh, and the boyfriend is Kaito, and his girlfriend is Luca. So another one of those situations where they're just, like, background characters in each other's songs. Um, and what's in the box? It's the girlfriend's whole-ass torso. <laughs> Not just the head. It's the whole thing. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. Like, I feel like that's harder to do. It we also wasn't had bloody. To include the boobies. <laughs> Fair. It's in the contract. I wish it was gorier. I was like, come on. Why isn't she bloody at all? Yeah, zero blood. I was like, why did she, 
Miku, did you make a sex doll of your boyfriend's girlfriend? Yeah, I thought it was a mannequin at first. I was like, what? Commit. <laughs> um, so now he starts to go a little nuts. He's like, we see him taking care of the torso and like brushing its hair, which I thought was a fun touch. Because like I said, the lyrics are just Miku, like talking about how much she loves someone and all that stuff. But I like that it has this element of her doing something that leads to him going just as crazy as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, They're destined for each other. They can fix each other. <laughs> and I think that's what Miku thinks too. The Joker to my Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> she, they like end up going on a date and she invites him into her apartment. And I was like, okay, so now he's crazy enough to fall in love with her. Uh, but then he murders her and she's like, great. Maybe, maybe you'll also die and we'll just love each other forever. <laughs> so yes, classic yandere. I think this one, I think Rotten Girl Grotesque Romance is like, I think the music is really cool. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it is, it's not just like music box spooky. It like actually has some wild stuff going on, like instrumentally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool. Um, And then finally, the third creepy song that I picked is Dark Wood Circus, again by the Fab Five. Um, And in my notes, I linked you guys to the Vocaloid wikipedia because this is a whole series that has a lot of songs so like just to give you guys an idea of how deep it could go like there aren't that many characters in darkwood circus so like i assume each character must have a song where they talk about themselves but then there's also like an overarching story i don't know this one's crazy it has like more than 10 songs yeah, some of these yeah, were like... I'm counting uh, on the wiki. It looks like there's about 12, 12. and then a novel. So Excellent. <laughs> yeah, these are... I was not expecting... I mean, I guess vocalists have been around long enough. I probably should have expected, like, operatic songs. like. Mm-hmm. But I was not prepared for it. At least in this, like, so stylized. Yeah. I, I like... I really like the art in this one. Um, the song is okay, uh, I this is where I find Rin and Len's voices most grating mm, because yeah. the artist chose to make them super high. Yeah. Um, but yes, so this one, Darkwood Circus, this is the most popular one in the series. Um, a little girl is d- invited to a creepy circus full of people that God has abandoned. I really liked the flavor text of like, oh, the deformity. I was like, geez. <laughs> Um, we've got twins that are sewn together. That's Rin and Len. We've got a deformed diva. That's Miku. And then we've got more cannibalism, baby, with Hell Kaito. Yeah, never enough. Okay. Because nope. with him, it said a blue beast that loves to eat things cold. And I was like, that doesn't feel like it fits here. <laughs> he just likes ice Imagine cream. Imagine going to a circus like freak show and they're like, ah, oh, this man only likes ice cream. Yeah. I was like, um... <laughs> I, I definitely assumed there was, like, a more sinister connotation to it, but at least the lyrics were, I'm like, what is he doing? What? Is he just yeah. eating cereal? Like, what is this? <laughs> He'd watch this guy drink a whole gallon of milk Ugh, straight disgust. from the fridge. Um, and I think this one kind of focuses on the deformed diva character. She, like, truly hates herself and her existence, and it's, like, pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Um... But Rin and Len, they're kind of like the ringmaster in this scenario, and they just keep talking about how fun the circus is. So fun, am I right? 
Good times. Um, and the diva, she straight up says that she wants to die. Uh, and this one, it's it's creepy in the imagery and like the characters, but like with regards to like the lyrics, this one is the saddest of the creepy songs. <laughs> It, it was this song that made me realize uh, it wouldn't be out of line for Miku to be at the gathering of the Juggalos and not bum <laughs> me out a little bit. Oh, no. Listen, you, you, gotta, you gotta take whatever case you can get. It's a tough economy out there for a hologram. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, but yes, so that's the creepy songs. And now we move on to songs about banging. Hell yeah. Because again, for whatever reason, there are so many of these. <laughs> I mean, that's just the whole genre. That's just R&B. Like, that's just, that's just that's love true. making music. Um, so <laughs> these ones have less story than the creepy songs. Um, the first one is Spice by Len Kagamine, which is the, it's the cheesiest shit, like, the the song itself <laughs> it's laughable it's not good <laughs> i used to really like this song once i thought of len as parappa the rapper i i couldn't not hear him as that so yeah <laughs> fair i this song is literally just about len fucking a bunch of ladies i don't really know why um thankfully I think, not including his sister this time this time well, <laughs> there are music videos. So yeah. the story is kind of like that he's in love with just one girl. So he like bangs a bunch of girls to like suppress his feelings. And I think I've seen a music video where the one girl he's in love with is Rin. So <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was listening to it and looking at the lyrics and I was like, this is just blurred lines. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so upset. I used to like this song. Because I liked Len. I'm a Len stan. What can I say? My sweet boy. Um, so then I we got Romeo and Cinderella by Hatsune Miku. Um, I really like this song. It's like, actually, if you pay attention to the lyrics, this is another one that's like actually kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, she... Her parents don't approve of this guy that she's seeing. Hence, like, she has lyrics about wanting to run away like Cinderella and Juliet. Um, and it's like, it seems like she wants to act like she's more mature. So she, like, wears mascara and lingerie. But she's, like, so young and nervous. But also so horny. It, this one is real horny. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, like, at the end of the song, like, she, like, leaves her parents for this guy who kind of, like, pressured her into having sex. Like, at least that's how I see it. So, this one's kind of sad, but I like listening to it. <laughs> if yeah, you just... There was one lyric in particular that I, uh, she's like, oh, yes, it's Romeo and Cinderella. Don't call me Juliet. Don't, I, I don't want to go by that name. And it's like, hey, Miku, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. You don't even know you're Juliet. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't read Romeo and Juliet in high school. (laughs) They don't know. And then, again, this this category was shorter. These don't have much story. 
The last one is Magnet, which is Hatsune Miku and Luca Megarine. And this one is gay. (laughs) (laughs) This one truly doesn't have a story. It's just like steamy and sexy and gay. And like, I I was like really paying attention to the lyrics this time. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, I actually really liked it. Hey, you say there's no story, but it is explicitly about them rubbing each other's butterflies. So. (laughs) Yeah, it also, it kind of felt like this, like, forbidden feeling of this romance kind of thing. The Vocaloid historians will put it in textbooks as good friends. Good pals. (laughs) Good cousins. (laughs) Voca roommates. (laughs) Uh, I just, like, I love, like, looking at the lyrics, they're very, like, this is lesbian culture. It's like very like flowery and just like like you said, butterflies. <laughs> uh, but it has been covered. There's like a Kaito and Len cover and stuff. This is a really popular song, so it has quite a few other Vocaloid covers. But yes, this one's fun. I like Magnet. <laughs> okay, now we move on to the pièce de résistance. We're going to talk about the Story of Evil series. This is the big one. This series had me spiraling in middle school. <laughs> I was obsessed with this series. So, and Just to make sure, it is just these three, or is this a sampling? Because there is like the clear narrative between the three we see, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't know if it like goes on after this as well. Another 12 I actually... I don't remember. There could be one more song, but I'm pretty sure it's just these three. Okay, Okay. gotcha. Yeah, so this one's short and sweet. (laughs) So the first song in the series is Daughter of Evil. Also, I realized uh, when I was looking at the description of uh, Evil Eater Conchita, this is the same producer. Oh. Yeah. Um, So, yes, we open with Daughter of Evil, Rin Kagamine. Here we go. So Rin is the young princess of an evil kingdom. And Len is her servant. They're still twins. It's part of the story. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She, like, in the past has been able to, like, intimidate people out of overthrowing her. Um, And it's worked so far. We, like, in this music video, we see a scene of her, like, keeping Mako away. Mako is, like, this beautiful knight in this particular series (laughs) in this cast anyway um and then in the second verse we hear that she's in love with a man but he's in love with someone else the the princess of the green country (gasps) it's meek no (sighs) (laughs) um so this makes her very mad so she decides as a princess that she's gonna fuck up the green country and have the green (laughs) princess killed she thought this would end well. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? This man will love me now, right? Uh, surprise, no. No, didn't work out that way. Uh-uh. Um, so the green country is ready to fight back, and her kingdom has been ready for a revolution. So that just, like, spurs them on. So uh, in the midst of the revolution, her servants have left her. She's got no one else to defend her. So they capture her, and she's going to be put to death. And we see her get beheaded in front of the whole kingdom. And they're like, hell yeah, she got what she deserved. So that's Daughter of Evil, song number one. (laughs) 
Uh, this is another one where Rin's voice is just kind of like, <laughs> it's not extremely pleasant to listen to. Next, this this is truly the one that I I listened to this one regularly. Servant of Evil by Len Kagamine. So this is the, it's kind of a sequel, but it's time for some twists. <laughs> So we find out Len is her servant and they got separated in some capacity during their childhoods. And he's like, I will do anything for her. Anything. I love my sister. Uh, There's a lyric that it's even if the entire world becomes your enemy, I'll protect you. Why? Bad choice, my dude. There's just a lot of these. Like, what what reason? (laughs) At a certain point, you could be like, yeah, there's a word of it. I'll dip unconditional love for his sibling here. Uh, I don't know what that's like. I was raised in a Catholic household. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Moving on. We don't have to focus on that. Ah. So, uh, they're visiting the neighboring kingdom, and he meets a green princess. He uh. falls in love with her first sight. They have, like, a really short interaction. He's just like, huh, uh, <laughs> So beautiful. As teenagers do. Yeah. Um, but so they get home. They get back to their kingdom, and Rin is like, uh, I would love for that princess to die. And so she tells Len to go do that. So he's the one that has to go carry out that task and kill the green princess. <sighs> Heart-wrenching. He's like, he's like, I would do anything for my sister, but for some reason I just can't stop crying. And I'm like, one, you're in love with this girl. Two, you're a child killing somebody. It's traumatizing, <laughs> baby. I get it. I don't it. get it. What's the big deal? I can't just <laughs> murder a queen. Why can't also, I just like, suppress my emotion? <laughs> Rin likes the guy in that relationship, and Len likes the girl. Just break them up. Then you can both have what you want. Come on! Yeah, this could have turned into, like, a fun comedy. A fun romp of getting them oh. to break up. Starring you're Jason twins. Sudeikis. You're supposed to be on the same page. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, but so. The revolution is on its way, and to save her... Ugh, this is what gets me. Here we go. Here we go. He disguises himself as the princess. So... They switch clothes, she's in his servant's clothes, and she gets away, and so they capture him. And so, plot twist, he's the one who actually dies. Um, And, like, even before he's going to get beheaded, he's just thinking about how much he loves her. Gets beheaded. And, like, this song really had just a vice grip on me when I was in middle school. (laughs) It made me so sad, and I loved it. (laughs) So real quick, before we get into, like, the resolution of it, uh, Mm -hmm. was there, like, a release schedule to these? Did they all drop at the same time? Or when uh, this second one came out, you're like, oh, I'm gripped. What'll happen next? Oh, I I gotta gotta wait for the next song. (laughs) I think they were all already out. So, like, I think I found, I found Honor of Evil first, obviously. And then I actually don't think I found out that there was a sequel until a little later on. So then I listened to it and I was just like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> the Why would they do this to me? <laughs> I had a satisfaction. I had a satisfying ending in the first one, but now you made it sad. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was blown away because it's like, yes, this girl is objectively evil and destroying a country for her selfish needs. 
Let me sacrifice myself for her so she can get off scot-free and I fucking die. I was like, I don't... I'm having trouble here. He's just so selfless. Come on. He's dumb. It's a dumbass boy. Uh, yeah, but it's it's fun and dramatic. No, and yeah, that's yeah. who I was in middle school. I was like, that's just the story. It, you know, it's a song. It doesn't have to make sense. But I was just like, why? Why would he do it? This just isn't believable. <laughs> My suspension of disbelief isn't conforming to these holographic singers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the final song is called Regret Message, and this is Rin again, um, and even in my notes for this, I put, this song is just kind of an afterthought for me, um, it's just Rin looking back on their lives and, like, feeling sad for what happened, um, she goes to the sea, and they used to, like, make wishes in glass bottles, so she's there to make another wish, um, she's just like, I regret everything I made him do, and now he's dead and it was at this point i was like why does len die in all of their songs because they have a couple there's one called prisoners uh there's one called prisoner paper plane those are two songs and then another two songs called kokoro and kiseki and in both of those little duos little duologies len dies (laughs) so Producers have something against my boy. <laughs> They're like, we know objectively he's the worst sounding one of the two, so we'll just get rid of him every time. Well, the fan no. base hates him. He's the Peter Brady of the bunch. We get it. <laughs> um, this music video is actually pretty good, though. I thought the art was good and like the little moments of animation were cool. Um, yeah. But so she wishes that if they're reborn, they can be twins again. Like, hopefully in nicer circumstances. And then the song is fading out. And I was like, there was still like a minute left. And I was like, oh, what else happened? So then I scrolled forward. And then they're reborn as Rin and Len Kagami and as the Vocaloids. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just started laughing. I was like, how meta. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was, okay. I just love that they're like, yeah, yeah. We're we're just some teen pop stars, and also canonically, we are reincarnated uh, yeah. murderers and royals. <laughs> I was wondering, I'm like, is this canonical lore, or is this just the artist like making the video, having a little fun with the end of it? Because it's I, yeah, I it's just sure. the artist. But I wish it was canon. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, that would be so fun. Uh. uh. Yes, so those are our story songs, and then... I do uh, want to bring up real quick, uh, speaking of, like, story songs, mm-hmm. because, like, so much popular music in America, especially, like, recently, is, like, not story-oriented. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got a feeling, yeah, we're ready to party. Uh, <laughs> but, like, listening to Daughter of Evil in particular, I was like okay, yeah, it has this, like, cautionary tale aspect, like, all that sort of stuff of, like, overstepping your power and all that. Uh, And I had a very cursed uh, realization. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. um, So I'm going to describe, you know, like, the plot of that song basically is someone in an act of jealousy uh, kills someone else and officials are like, okay, time to stop this person. So they stop them. through uh, an attempted escape with involving hidden identity, uh, this person is captured and brought to judgment and is ultimately killed. Mm-hmm. And right. I realized this both is the plot of the song, of the Vocaloid song, Daughter of Evil, but also the plot 
of Cocaine Blues by Johnny Cash. And the realization of that just... Uh, oh, no! Nothing works. The world shouldn't in the way it does. Everything is a flat circle. I shouldn't be listening to a Japanese robot and being like, yes, country legend Johnny Cash. <laughs> now, hold up now. What if we bring back Johnny Cash? It's a hologram. <gasps> oh, Crossover concert. Voice bank. Make Johnny Cash a Vocaloid. This thing hurt. Oh, I would pay good money for that. (laughs) Oh, God. Good. Good. What a way to end the story section. And then, just real quick at the end, I wanted to throw in my personal favorite songs. So. The first one is Rolling Girl by Hatsune Miku. It was made in 2010. I love the music video. Um, It was made by an artist named Akia Kane, and she actually also covered the song, which is what made me love it. So I did link you guys to that. Did you guys get to listen to that one? Yes. I love her voice. (laughs) This one was good, but like... (laughs) Once again, like I'm, I'm more visual. I'm bad with audio stuff. So watching the music video, I was just like, what the fuck's happening? Because <laughs> yeah, it, well, like it, it seemed like another like unrequited love story sort of thing. But then at a certain point, Miku actually just starts rolling like around yeah, like a ball. One, and I got so, so confused. The music video for the Akia Kane cover is actually a birthday present from her friends. Uh, so it's like a parody of the music video she made for Rolling Girl. Um, but I mean, even so the story is kind of hard to follow. It's, a, it's really sad. It's about a depressive spiral. Um, and then at the end, the the guy kind of pulls her out of it and helps her out. They're like friends. Unrelatable. (laughs) Yeah. Every, every day he says like, are you done? And she's like, no, not yet. Like I'm still going through this. And the saddest thing that I feel like I have to acknowledge is that the, uh, producer of this song, Wawaka, actually passed away in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is truly like, I love this song so much. And, yeah, he was he was a big deal in the, in the Vocaloid community, so. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then, happier note, um, my other favorite song is called Drop Pop Candy, which is Rin, Kagamine, and Luca. And it's just good. It just, like, puts me in a good mood. It's just a good, cute time. So this one I was surprised by. Okay. Because I already heard it a lot. Was it the Undertale thing? Kind of, but it was a different (laughs) Undertale parody. Oh. So the one I watched a lot came when I was just deep diving through Undertale music because it is objectively good, and I will fight you in the street like a goddamn animal for anyone who wants to debate it. Sure. So deep diving on Undertale music for a while... I came across this video and I recommended, which it's an audio format. I can't show the listeners, unfortunately, but it is the song sung by Papyrus and Sands, and it's someone modeled them dancing to the entire thing, and it's actually a really good like animation. Like the person could put a lot of work into it, and it's very impressive. Yeah, Uh, I that's how I found the song "Drop Pop Candy" was like the audio. Of, mm-hmm. like, Sans and Papyrus, quote, singing it, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> and the one that I linked that I sent you guys is, uh, it's like a 2D animation. It's really well done, and it's only a minute of the song, but it's just good. This song is really cute and sweet. 
So I figured it would be a good way to round (laughs) things out. Power cleanser after all the sad Vocaloid songs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So through doing this, I kind of realized that like all of these songs, at least, they have a very distinct like Vocaloid sound. And I don't think newer songs are like that because I think they've kind of like expanded genres. But I feel like all of these songs sound like Vocaloid songs, if that makes sense. Do you think that's kind of like the instrumental, like ignoring the actual quote unquote vocals of it? Yeah. Like the style is distinct, human singer or not. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe like the way people talk about like records, how it has this like warm fuzz to it because of the medium of records. Like mm. maybe vocal aids have this distinct sound like of the era they're in because of the technology used on the vocal banks at that time. Mm. Like you said, with like uh, Lynn being like better as time has gone on and improving the quality of the voices. Yeah. But that's that's everything. So, like, how are you guys feeling? It's not right to ask, are we there yet? But I guess it kind of is, because now you guys can listen to more Vocaloid songs. <laughs> yeah, it's not a new series, but it's a new entry into something. Weeby yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I going into this was like, okay, uh, this is going to be kind of like a high barrier of entry for me, uh, because in music, the things I particularly focus on are you know the lyrics and the vocals Mm -hmm. so just most musicians i'm primarily looking do i like the sound of the vocals do i like the lyrics do those components compel me and then the like genre and stuff beyond that that comes second so Mm -hmm. uh that in the past has been a big barrier for number one songs in different languages where lyrics I can't hear them and be like, yes, I understand. I'm, I'm with <laughs> I you. I relate on that. to this because mm-hmm. I I don't speak Japanese. Uh, and then also the vocals of, okay, uh, this is objectively a synth, so no vocals. <laughs> 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 like the two things I look forward or like seek out the most in music uh, are uh, strike one and two on. <laughs> this um, but as I was listening to it and sort of just, like, turn my brain off, uh, let me just listen to it, like, having that playlist on in the background as I did other things just to warm up and get samples of more recent and uh, better quality vocaloids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, 12 years later, technology advances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Wild concept. Yeah. Uh, when I got to those, I was like, okay, so it is a little bit more seamless with it sounding like actual vocals. So that mm-hmm. helps. Um, and sort of just going into the, like, poppy elements of, yeah, you, uh, you don't need to know what the lyrics are, because you won't know unless you Google them. So just <laughs> just uh, enjoy this ride. Listen to it like a pop song. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. And once I got that, I was tapping my foot. I was, I was yeah. subconsciously bopping to it. So I was like, yeah, I, I can see the appeal. It is mm-hmm. objectively... The opposite of what I look for in music. But <laughs> I I get it. That's good. I'm glad nice. you could enjoy it in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't anything too new for me. 
um, because I listen to, I watch a lot of fucking anime, so I listen to the opening and outros a lot, and mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll listen to them on YouTube, and then a mix gets created, and then next thing I know, I'm bleeding into Vocaloid without realizing it. So mm-hmm. I've definitely heard a few Vocaloid songs, even if I'm not aware that they were Vocaloid songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this isn't anything new to me, and uh, yeah, it's still catchy. I know a lot more about it now than I ever did before, that's for sure. More than you ever wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's still catchy i'll still listen to them i don't think i'll be going out of my way i don't think i'll be going to miku expo ever no. um yeah. i'm not gonna be uh, a big time f- uh luca stan luca is that which one uh, mako is the one you said you liked mako see i don't know uh, <laughs> so i won't be like uh, i won't be buying the merch anytime maybe the miku <laughs> and the agumon onesie that was pretty adorable yeah uh, but yeah, like the songs are just very catchy, very pop, and yeah, some of them are. N- now that I have more context for like the range of some of them, mm-hmm. uh, I might delve into like some of those more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, t- still bangers, still catchy as hell. But uh, I yeah, like Dingan said, I'd be more interested to see what some of their newer stuff is because yeah, some of Rin and Lin stuff is like, ooh, this uh, <laughs> little crun- <laughs> little crunchy on that auto tune, but. Uh, yeah, they're still still you know catchy songs and stuff. The producers who are making them are still very skilled. So, uh, yeah, yeah, enjoyable. I think yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing you have to think about when you're listening to the songs is like somebody sat there and made this. Yeah. I think that's like mm-hmm. where a lot of the appreciation comes from because it's you know you have to master this software to be able to make them sound good and at this point human. So yeah, it's crazy. I really just want, like, a deep dive into, like, a Vocaloid, like, sci-fi horror. Like, that episode of Gravity Falls where Seuss dates the the visual novel and it becomes sentient. Like, Hmm. give me one of those with a Vocaloid. That'd be sick as hell. It must exist at this point. It's gotta exist. Like, it's gotta, right? Well, I'm glad I got to do this. And I'm glad that you guys (laughs) had a moderately good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it... It's always nice to learn more about the past of your friends and yeah. <laughs> her shameful middle school years. Yay. Uh, if there's an anime you would like to recommend or Vocaloids or anime about Vocaloids that uh, end up killing people, you can send those shows to <laughs> us. Our email is yet at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at yet on both. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Patrick Dugan. You can find me on Instagram at Honey Period D, on Twitter at Honey D8 and Honey D Art, or on Twitch at Honey underscore D, and Honey is spelled H U N N I E. You can find me on Twitter at ABTS Brendan. I'm going to be real with you. Not a lot going on there, but, uh, you know, it's there in case, <laughs> you know, you need to fluff some numbers. <laughs> Thank you to Camille Ruley for her artwork, and thank you to Louis Zong for her theme song stories. You can find all of Louis' music at louisong.bandcamp.com. Thank you, and we hope you'll join us next week as we learn to live with Vocaloids. Oh, happy birthday to me! The rapper the rapper came out in 96. He's the first Vocaloid. Cannon! <gasps> <laughs>